0: Hi guys, welcome back to Psyched combos on Psychology, Relationships and Personal Growth. Today we have a very special guest joining us, Dr. Karen is here and we're going to be talking about dating and relationships. Before we get started on the episode today, I just wanted to give you guys a reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We also would love if you could share this episode with a friend if you enjoy it. Um, this is going to be a really awesome episode. Dr. Karen is on, and she uh, has her PhD in developmental psychology, and you'll learn a little bit more about her, but it's a really uh, great and helpful episode. Uh, also, if you could give us a follow on Instagram, we're at the Psyched Framework. And you can also join our Facebook group. There's uh, a link in the show notes for that. And we also are offering one-on-one coaching and therapy, kind of a unique blend. Um, and it's helping anyone who really is wanting to reach your full potential, overcome their fears, go after what they really want in life and um, bringing all of that kind of together. We are offering some one-on-one programs for that. So if you're interested, There is a link again in the show notes to uh, work with us and to just set up a, a call with us to discuss if that is a good fit for you. But otherwise, we will go ahead and dive into the episode. Yeah, so we're super excited to have her on. So, Dr. Karen, can you share a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, thank you for the invitation to join you on your program. Yes, absolutely. I can share some stuff about myself, my background. I started as a therapist for several years in the inner city of Chicago, working with children in the child welfare system, which, you know, is a pretty heartbreaking population to work with. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Trauma and abuse. And I was 24 years old and I was going to save the world. Uh (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's where we're at. (laughs) Right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Especially now. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, after several years in that context, I actually did another year of inner city work in West Philadelphia, living in a community, working with YMCA there, volunteering, working with the church. Then I went back, got my doctorate, because I, I remembered in grad school how much I loved being, like, I'm the weird person, the total nerd, who's like, I want to do a class presentation. So that's yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know. And all my my all my friends, I was a, my master's was obviously to become a therapist. And so all my friends, they just like the one-on-one. And I was like, I like that, but I also like the big crowd. So anyway, mm-hmm. fast forward, I get a PhD in developmental psychology. Then I'm a professor for 10 years, five years at Chicago State University. In the mm-hmm. inner city again, South Side Chicago, and then five sta- uh, five years at Concordia University Chicago, which is in a mm-hmm. suburb real close to Chicago, the western, most, the closest western suburb, and there mm-hmm. I was teaching in the grad program, teaching people to become therapists. So, all of that to say, that's my pre- professional background. But through all that. My personal life was not going as planned. You know, <laughs> I was taking charge of everything I could professionally and academically and career-wise, and everything was going exactly as we hope, right? We put in the work, we hustle, right. and we, we get the reward. We get the career we want. We get the job. And love doesn't work like that. So no. <laughs> I went through, I, I was engaged at thirty-four. Uh, at thirty. And then a year into my engagement, I called off a wedding two months beforehand. And so now I'm 34 and I'm back out there in the dating scene. That's tough. And like many many people, I I went to the self-help section and was looking for some resources. And I didn't really find messages that I felt were very helpful, really. They were pretty disempowering. So Mm -hmm. it caused me to write my book, Single is the New Black, Don't Wear White Till It's Right, which Mm -hmm. then really propelled me into this dating relationship space, which again, I hadn't anticipated that that would be part of my path, but as life does its circuitous winding around, here I am in this space and uh, here we wow. are
2: talking. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing how how our life, you know, kind of just, we we take one path and it kind of just slowly winds around and heads us and we end up in a place that maybe we didn't think of <laughs> that we would.
1: For sure. So, For
2: sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what would be the most important topic uh, you believe to talk about when it comes to dating and relationships?
1: Well, so my message, as I was alluding to earlier, that I felt was necessary and wasn't being voiced in the self-help dating genre Mm -hmm. is that authenticity and being yourself is, has to be the way to go. And, and I say this because so many other authors, they, they're coming from a very well-intentioned place. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. feel that they have five tips that are going to really help you survive the dating jungle and meet your person. But the books present, and I, I get sure. it, they sell, right? If I'm feeling mm-hmm. very lonely and it's not working out for me in the dating scene, I'll buy that book that tells me in five simple steps, I'll meet the one. He'll show up next week in mm-hmm. a white horse. And and again, I don't think that people are coming from an impure place. They're coming from a pure place. But to me, it felt very formulaic. It felt very... Um, Oh, Karen, you're doing something so horribly wrong. In fact, you're probably fundamentally flawed and that's Mm -hmm. why you need my approach, which to me, again, as women who have fought so hard to be able to be fully ourselves, truly authentic and no, not to take these messages that we hear that are very single shaming, like you're too this or that, you're too picky, Mm -hmm. you're too intimidating with your degrees and your opinions. Mm -hmm. So my approach is very no you absolutely stay true to yourself. Yes, mm-hmm. you absolutely know that you are worth an extraordinary not a mediocre connection, an extraordinary right. connection. And so and to help your to help rec- recognize that singles are doing so much right. They aren't settling. Right. They aren't caving to the pressure because you know grandma's going to give them grief for the tenth Christmas in a row. Where's your ring on your finger? Where's your boyfriend? <laughs> right. And so, yeah. So my message is all about being empowered, knowing that you're worth it, and then just having the discipline to wait for something extraordinary. Yeah. Absolutely. And. Often,
2: uh, actually, when when you were saying that, it reminds me. A lot of times, I when I talk to my clients, I really I tell them, and if they're in the same situation, I tell them, uh, don't look, don't worry about whether that person is liking you. Worry if that or um, think about does that person fit in your life, and is that person going to enhance your life? So kind of that reverse, rather than worrying about uh, your flawed or, you know, do you have to change who you are to be with this person? So, so I love the way you're, um, the way you talk about the office, you know, being authentic and everything. And Laura, I yeah. love that you
1: highlight that with your clients, because we're coming, if we're coming from the other perspective where we're like, oh, will he like me? What can I mm-hmm. do? to toss my hair or flirt this way? Right. It, then it's coming from a place of deficit and lack. It's, it's suggesting that I'm somehow incomplete until this person who I met five minutes ago validates me. Right. And, and no, 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 no. We are <laughs> empowered. We're coming from a place of fullness knowing that, and not to be, not to be snotty, but no, no, I'm I'm checking you out to see if you're a fit exactly. for me. So, yeah. yeah, I love that you you coach in yeah.
0: that manner. Yeah. So, yeah, so think, awesome. Yeah. I think a lot of people too like focus on like either playing games or like how much do you reveal at different times. And it's a lot a little bit of like this like um dance or this game instead of actually just being who you are, showing yourself and knowing that like the right person's gonna come at the right time.
1: Yes. Yes. And it does. And I hear that from my community so much and I'm sure you do as well. It feels like a game. And then if you're single for a long period of time in your adult life, longer than you anticipated, then you feel like you're losing this game that everyone else is winning. But again, it's those messages that we've unwittingly internalized because if you, if you internalize the message of I'm not losing anything, I'm just having the discipline and the strength to wait," Whereas frankly, and I'm not trying to disparage other people, but many people do settle. I mean, we've been to those weddings sure. where we're like, Ooh, okay. <laughs> I wish them all the best. And I bought the gravy boat and I'm on board, but I, wow. And then what, a couple years later? I mean, right. so again, it, my message is all about we really have to flip the script right. for mm-hmm. ourselves personally and then as a culture, we have to or else we're really coming at things the wrong way mm-hmm. and it's so disempowered.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that yeah. actually
0: leads perfectly into our next question. Um, so how do people know then when a relationship isn't right or they are just settling or if it's more just a rough patch or that you, know, you might be that person who's just pushing away something that's good?
1: Yeah, that takes a lot of introspection, doesn't it? Because Mm -hmm. we know, and Laura, as a therapist, you know that people can carry wounds. They can carry baggage from their family of origin that then doesn't allow them to clearly see what's going on in their own relationships. And we all have problems with that, right? Because it's very hard to see something when we're part of it, right? We need that objectivity, right? Mm -hmm. Go to a counselor, talk to a friend who is your truth-telling friend. You can say, you know what, what I'm seeing here. And really, so it takes a lot of deep, it, that's why it takes a lot of work. And that's why, frankly, some people get, I mean, I'm going to say it, they get lucky when they marry young. And I have friends who married in college and they're happily married years later and they got lucky because i mean i'll be honest they how would they've known each other how would they've done that work right? right the kind of work that it yeah. takes to be able to as nicole's asking to be able to really know ourselves well enough right and have the maturity and the emotional maturity to go okay is this that i'm not is 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 i'm pu- am i pushing him away because i'm not fully able to be loved yet i don't believe i'm worthy of love yet mm-hmm. all those kinds of very deep seated conversations we need to have with ourselves of course doing work like listening to a podcast like yours or a podcast like mine and reading mm-hmm. books like mine reading going to trusted sources and making sure your personal growth and development should be one of your top priorities in your life because everything else will be better if you do that that is yes Um,
2: oh sorry go ahead no go ahead no no go ahead oh i was just gonna say i mean that is a huge focus of of mine is that you when you work on yourself everything else will fall into place because that's kind of the core of everything and if Mm -hmm. that's not uh situated then you tend to make decisions that don't really again um aren't authentic for you. And so really the, the basis is always look inward and figure out you and, and work on you. So yes. awesome. I like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And Nicole, I know you you had some other points of your question about whether you're settling or if it's just a rough patch, mm-hmm. you know, and that's mm-hmm. a very legitimate question too, right? We, we know that relationships take intentional work. Right. Although I will say I've been in really hard relationships. And one of the reasons they were so darn hard is that they weren't right for me. <laughs> and yeah. Now I'm in a marriage that is really, really, really easy. Oh, yeah. And on paper, my marriage is much more complex because I married a man who was recently divorced. Mm-hmm. I married a man with three children, so I'm a stepmom. I married a man that on paper, the, there were complexities that were not present with my ex-fiance, and yet my relationship with my ex-fiance was infinitely hard. Wow. And this relationship is not. So I'm a big proponent of the relationship, if it's right, there should be so much common ground. Mm-hmm. So many of your core values are aligned that those big ticket items, you're not fighting about them because you see eye to eye. And there's research in the, in the marriage therapy research uh, literature that shows that really you cannot be too similar, which answers that other question that people ask me a lot too, which, yeah. do opposites attract or right. birds of a feather? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a big
0: common so- one that, um, People think that it's the opposites, but now we, I, I've noticed and I've seen the narrative around it changing a lot in in this space that it is more you want to find those common values and that's really what's going to make the the better partner.
2: And I think when you're in terms of the opposite, I think sometimes um that is attracting because there's a lack, Mm -hmm. you know, someone's coming from a sense of lack. And so the other partner kind of fills that in, but of course, that doesn't last long because (laughs) usually then it turns, (laughs) turns sour for, because they're not able to, um, uh, have that for their own self. So, so then there's conflict for sure. And
1: those, and the opposites can attract, I mean, they can be like stylistic things Mm -hmm. in terms of hobbies and, but, but, core ways of doing life. Right. And again, the research shows. So now it's not just our our intuition that's telling us this. And people I think like you're saying like initially someone who seems so exotic or so other, so different from me. That can feel sexy for a time and yeah, get sure. that relationship out of your system. Enjoy it. But <laughs> right. but when you're talking about your person, like your Life partner, let's just make, life is going to throw us enough curveballs. Right. Oh my goodness. So let's not have so much tension and conflict in our relationship with, with the primary relationship of our lives. Let's, let's make that be as smooth as possible. Right. Right. Yeah. So when, so how, you
2: know, when you recognize um, that you that a, a relationship should be ending, but it really isn't that bad. Uh, how would you go about, um, you know, it's just when you're saying, when they're just not the right person, how would you go about ending that relationship?
1: Laura, and I want to highlight that that is the hardest relationship to end when it's not bad. Absolutely. It is. (laughs) I mean, that was my ex-fiance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't stay in it for four years because it was abusive and chaotic and we had nothing in common. No, we had a lot in common. Like I said, on paper, Mm -hmm. we were the perfect Mm -hmm. match. So that's a very tough place to be. I did a post on Instagram recently where I said, breakups are hardest when the relationship was almost right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that is so tough. Yes. And I think Laura, it's, it's a matter of recognizing that again, you know, a B, if you're going for an A relationship, a B minus doesn't cut it. it. And yeah. it doesn't. Yeah. And people do it all the time. And you yeah. know, and listen, if good enough is good enough for you. I say this in my book. If good enough is good enough, then good enough. You know? <laughs> like, I'm not judgy. Yeah. I just know that the people in my community are striving for something really exceptional. And yeah. I support them in that in that belief that that, that, that exists for them. And so when it comes to breaking up with someone, there's just, there's no easy way. Just, I I think the first thing is just realize it's going to be painful. And it's, and and you're, once you're in that situation and I've been there so many times because i started dating at 15, I didn't get married till 42. Mm -hmm. So I had plenty of these scenarios. It's going to be painful, but here's the choice. Is it going to be more painful to stay in a relationship that you've now acknowledged is not an A plus relationship that right. is a solid B minus, or is it going to be more painful to do the hard thing now and move on? And I, I would just say, again, depending on how long you've been together and so forth, but obviously let's, not ghost. <laughs> let's not go. <laughs> right, let's not, let's, right. let's, let's, let's have a conversation. I, let's have, obviously, with quarantine, I mean, are we going to be face-to-face or not? <laughs> Right. But, but I, in the ideal world, when things get back to normal, please, God, uh, we'll be able to have a conversation face-to-face. And just ex- explain, like, this is not a thing about you doing anything wrong or me doing anything wrong. Really, it's just an acknowledgement that we've been together for a while, and it's not feeling like the forever fit.
2: Right. I was just going to say, I think that's the ultimate respect, uh, showing the person the ultimate respect, because also I think you want um, they would want somebody, they would want that person they're with to want them as an A person, you know, not just as a B minus person. I think that's, so it's showing really respect to that person, even though it is very painful.
0: I was saying that I think, um, you're actually doing that person a favor as well, even though they might not be able to see it in the moment. Um, you're allowing, you're breaking that relationship off so that they can go on and find someone who's a better fit for them as well.
1: Well, yeah, like, like, Laura said, I mean, does anyone want to be like, well, she thinks I'm a B minus and she's going to marry me. Cool. I mean, no one wants that. You're no. right, Nicole. No one wants that. And that, I had to wrap my mind around that when I called off my, my engagement. I felt horrible. I mean, it was two months before the wedding. We'd been together four wow. years and I'm 34, by the way, and I'm a yeah. psychologist. <laughs> I should have known better right? So I felt yeah. horrible. I felt like a failure. I felt like I'd been disingenuous to mm-hmm. myself, to him, to his family, to all my friends. Bridesmaids had purchased gowns. I mean, this was, I felt I felt like a horrible person, truly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it took a couple months. And then a friend said to me, it was actually the guy I started dating later. He's like, you need to shake out, snap out of this. <laughs> he's like, you did him. It was, it was a cruel to be kind thing, yeah. right? He's like, He wouldn't have wanted to marry you knowing that you were settling. No one wants that. So, Nicole, that's such an important point. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I've been, you know, looking at your Instagram here and there, and I saw one of these, uh, one of your Instagram videos that you posted talking about the ick. And I know it's something that I've experienced. It's something that um, Laura's experienced as well. So we were wondering if you could talk a little bit and explain a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. So the question came in about, wow, I like this guy. I think they were dating for a couple of weeks, and then all and everything was great, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden. Ugh, I'm just not feeling anymore. <laughs> she called yep. it the ick. I was like, that's so great. Well yeah. And you know, to be honest, you guys, I am a fan of, Oh, that's your gut saying it's not a, it's not a fit. And we're still learning about the neurology of women's mm-hmm. intuition mm-hmm. and that we are receiving information through all five senses and our brains are very efficient. So right now I'm hearing all kinds of, uh like, uh, other types of stimuli, right? That I'm tuning out right now because I'm focusing on you, Mm -hmm. right? In this conversation. So we're getting all this information. And so typically I'm the one to say, well, that's just your intuition. You don't even need to know why, just move forward. But I will say, I've had Ken Page, the author of Deeper Dating, on my podcast. I've read his book. It's one of my most recommended books that I ever recommend to people. It's a very deep, I don't usually like dating books, like I said earlier, because they're so formulaic and they tell you to be a totally different person. (laughs) But Ken's book is the opposite of that. It's all about honoring your core gifts, your core self, your authentic self, and being very careful and protective of yourself so that you find someone who honors you as well. Right. And he talks about how he would get, he calls it the wave. He calls the ick, the wave. The wave. and he, <laughs> yeah, oh, the wave. wave. The there wave we, of like, yeah. yeah, the wave of like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And he says he experienced it even with his now husband. Oh, interesting. For Yes. Every couple months when they were dating, he would experience it. So it's nuanced. And again, so many of these questions and these issues are, I I think there's two, there's a tension here. Yes, we need to trust our gut if this is not feeling right. And especially women also, I should throw out there that our gift of fear, as it's called, mm-hmm. there's a book called, of fear. Right. I've Sometimes read that. that mm-hmm. Oh, did you read oh, yeah. that? Isn't that yeah, amazing? Yeah, that's amazing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so women have to trust our intuition. Sometimes there is that fear or that ick or that this is not working and we just need to listen to it. We do not need to get cerebral about it. Mm-hmm. We just mm-hmm. need to listen to it. At the same time, if this is a pattern where you find that every time a good guy shows up in your life or a good girl shows up in your life, that after a couple of weeks, couple months, you find some reason to tear them down and they've done nothing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that they've done. Mm -hmm. They're continuing to show up, be respectful. Then that wave may be your own self-sabotage happening. And again, for more on that, I would encourage people to listen to my podcast episode with Ken Page. It's episode 63, Deeper Dating, or Discover Deeper Love Through Deeper Dating and check out his book. Mm -hmm. Because I think you really need, if you're seeing that that's a pattern, then you may be sabotaging good people. Because, again, like it was, we spoke to earlier, that people that you don't feel at some level, based, based on childhood stuff, or it's at some level, you don't feel that you're worthy of, of being treated well and, and treated with respect and with love. Right, mm-hmm.
2: right. Yeah. So, so what, would, what do you think the best thing someone can do who's single now um, if they want to find the right person, if they're looking for the right person, what would be a good thing for them to do?
1: I think the best thing to do uh, like I said is to initially work and you've said it too Laura work mm-hmm. on yourself. The, mm-hmm. I encourage my community the work that you do when you're single is not because there were times when when I was single now here I am 38 and I'm still <laughs> single and I'm like oh my gosh. Well listen <laughs> all those years of being single only make me a better wife. Period. Right. Yeah, everything like you spoke to earlier, Mm -hmm. everything that I worked on to know myself better, to meet my own needs. I don't wake up in the morning and go, Oh, what's Dan going to do for me today to make me happy. And (laughs) and frankly, there are marriages where where spouses look to each other. I'm mad and it's your fault, or I'm unhappy and it's your fault. And I'm this and it's your fault. And so being single, the, the whole process of knowing yourself, learning to meet your own emotional needs, learning that the reality is it's my job to wake up every day practice gratitude, thank God for another day on this earth and God and I figure out how I'm going to be happy. No one else, it's no one else's job to do that for Karen ever. Right. No matter how wonderful my husband is. And he does all kinds of things to try to make me happy, but ultimately (laughs) it's my job. So I would encourage any singles out there that are listening to recognize and honor this time as a great opportunity to prepare yourself If marriage is your goal. This is a great, you're in the, you're in the grounds, you're in the pregame and you are going to prepare and strengthen yourself emotionally, psychologically to be the best spouse. It is not wasted time. Right. And then after that, I would encourage them to listen to podcasts like this. I mean, there's so many ways to get great information. Mm -hmm. So if you do feel that, you know what, my parents' marriage wasn't that great. I didn't have a great model, or, you know, I went through this and that trauma in childhood or in young adulthood. I feel that there's some things I need to attend to. There's so many resources now. It's a Mm -hmm. wonderful time to do what the mission of your podcast is, which is to, to delve into personal growth and development. So that would be my first recommendation. And the second again is to just put in front of your, your, your into your space, whether it's through Instagram or through podcasts or through reading all kinds of positive, empowering content. Mm -hmm. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, Also. So this kind of goes along with that question, but so for someone who is single, who is dating right now and wanting to, again, find that right person, what would you, what would be your best piece of advice for dating in these current circumstances when you can't necessarily always go out with someone in person?
1: Yeah, and I would I would also try to encourage, as I do with myself every day, find those silver linings. And I've been encouraging my community Is it possible that some of this slower pace of dating could benefit us? Is it possible? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that we could through these? these uh, Skype, <laughs> Skype dates or FaceTime dates that we could get to know each other on a more emotionally deep level before mm-hmm. we get to the physical, which research shows is very important for women, especially.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's the kind of thing that I think we would try to look at. This as an opportunity. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And not be so devastated by that's it. That's so
2: interesting. You say that because I have, uh, I am working with a client that is dating and they said the same exact thing. God. They felt in, in a sense less pressure and the ability to get to know the person better, uh, because of these circumstances. So it's so interesting that, yeah, that's, that's your advice. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so we know you, um, have the book out single is the new black. Don't wear it white till it's right. (laughs) Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that and, and how, what inspired you to write it?
1: Yeah. So like I said, I was inspired from my own experience of going to the self-help section. And here I am back on the dating scene after calling off my wedding. I'm in my mid thirties now and I'm looking for, for advice and support. And, and I didn't care for the messages. I, I would leave the self-help <laughs> section feeling worse. And I'm like, okay, something's <laughs> up here, here. And I remember I was driving home. I was visiting my folks and I was, uh, We were driving home from the bookstore because we're just nerds like that, that we would go hang out at the bookstore for fun. (laughs) And I I told my mom and dad, I'm like, these books, they are just so disempowering. My dad's like, well, you're a psychologist. You better write a book. And I'm like, oh, shoot, he's right. (laughs) So yeah, it came from my own experience. And like I said earlier, it's really about, it's a word of encouragement and empowerment. That helps us to thrive while single and to recognize that it is a really rich and rewarding time for us to build into ourselves, which will build into that relationship that we want. And it provides a lot of support. Each chapter basically dismantles some single shaming. So like chapter three is you're not too picky. Mm -hmm. And some women, again, like I said, if they're if they have a degree or they have an opinion, you're too intimidating. You tone it down a notch. Okay. So then I have a chapter about don't tone right. it down a notch. <laughs> right. And all those kinds of things. Yeah. So really it was inspired from my own experience. And I do I am thankful because as we were speaking earlier, so often life, I mean, I would not have scripted out my life if you'd talked to me when I was twelve years old and writing in my diary. Right. <laughs> hey Karen, you're not going to get <laughs> married until you're 42. You're going to call off a wedding. You're going to have more heartache than you could possibly think you could stand. <laughs> but I'm so thankful now because it gave me the genuine understanding of what folks are going through in the dating scene. And it's not easy and it's very yeah. demoralizing. So I provide a little bit in the book. It's mostly, um, it's mostly just the issues, and then each chapter, I have a letter from a, from a reader, and then I have a guy's perspective, and then I have a little psych 101 section where I kind of break it down and analyze it from the psychologist's point of view. I throw in just a little research here and there, yeah. and then I have the selfie section at the end of each chapter where I share a little bit about my personal journey and experience with the topic.
2: Wow. Awesome. That sounds really good. I like yeah. the idea that you have a, the perspective of the... Um, Of the, the, the other side's perspective as well, a male, I suppose, (laughs) (laughs) because it's sometimes, you know, as women, we can't really read it. (laughs) So so that's good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how would you say then you apply your own relationship advice that we've talked about here in terms of your own relationship?
1: Yeah. Well, gosh, I, like I said earlier, I, everything, I love that question because I I really believe that we need to put our money where our mouth is, right? (laughs) And that we need to walk our talk, so to speak. So I do, I mean, and it's, so as a therapist, so back when I was a therapist, and then of course I told you I was teaching uh, grad students who were (laughs) wanting to become therapists. So And Laura, I don't know your preferred orientation, but I'm a big CBT, Mm -hmm. I'm big uh, cognitive, Mm -hmm. uh, family systems is also super fun. So I I work my own techniques, the kind of things that I share that I know are empowering techniques from cognitive therapy to get our heads straightened Mm -hmm. out, to get our head in the game. I use them on myself all the time. And such that it's interesting that you asked that, Nicole, because I know that some people, like some people in a relationship, and this is stylistic, whatever people want to do, they do. But I'm the type of person, and maybe because I was single so, for so long, if I get into a little funk and my husband will be like, hey, are you okay? And I'll be <laughs> – unless it's something really dire, like when my father was ill and passing away. I mean, then it was I was for sure. But if it's a little funk thing that I know is just my little – just a bee in my bonnet kind of thing, <laughs> I'll be like, you know what, babe? I got this. Just give me like – look, you know, give me about eh, 15 minutes. I'll be fine. <laughs> and I just – then I just work my own cognitive techniques. And I look at, I'm a big fan of REBT, Laura, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Albert Ellis, mm-hmm. uh, you're familiar with all that. But sure. I love to work these irrational beliefs. So I'll just, I, it's, it's, yeah, Nicole, like you said, I absolutely just work these practices on my mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because when you're learning these techniques in school, and like I said, I was, lo- I was young when I got my, my, my master's in clinical psych, mm-hmm. You you learn these techniques and you imagine you're, you're you using them with a client in a, a session. But I'll tell you, they became much more powerful when I started working them on myself, and Absolutely. then I fully appreciated the power therein. Yeah, right.
2: yeah, exactly. I know it's so it's so much easier to apply, you know, use it for other people, and then when it's yourself, it really is a totally different story. So we really do have to walk the walk, and um, you know, I think that's challenging, I'm sure, for all of us. And as we're, you know, being a therapist, you know, (laughs) that can be challenging, but definitely important to, important to do.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's an important message too, that you are still focusing on how you can create your own happiness and it doesn't, you don't need a partner for that necessarily. And you can still rely on yourself and you're responsible for your happiness and the choices you make and things like that. Yeah.
1: For sure. You said it so well, Nicole. That's exactly how I feel. And I, I love that you bring that. Yeah. I carry that into marriage. I think people mm-hmm. in the dating scene, sometimes mistake. I'll just be happy when I get a boyfriend. I'll right. just be happy when I get a girlfriend. I'll be happy when I'll be happy. That's another chapter of my book. I say, don't be a lady in waiting, waiting for,
0: yeah. <laughs> waiting
1: for this to happen. Waiting for that. Wait, living in the whens, I call it. <laughs> there and, you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's no place to live. It's now. Life's happening now. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I I'd absolutely, Nicole, I work it on my own marriage every day for mm-hmm. sure.
2: Awesome. So to, to, um, for people to walk away with, what would be if you share just the maybe one to three biggest tips for people on how to approach dating and relationships?
1: Yeah. So number one, As we've spoken to, dig deep within yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, people used to ask me when I was dating for forever, they'd be like, well, you know, and they came from a, (laughs) like, they meant well, but they'd be like, well, would you date yourself? I'm like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did a post one time on Instagram and it was one of the ones that people really resonated with. It said something like them. Uh, would you date yourself? And, I, and then I said, me. Uh, yeah, I'm literally out here looking for the male version of me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like legitimately. And that speaks, and I didn't even know at the time when I came, when I felt that when people would ask me that, I'd be like, I really, I'm not asking for anything more than I'm willing to give in a relationship. Yeah. So You're I'm working on every day being the best version of Karen. I, that's what I'm doing. And that's all I'm asking in return. So yeah. So number one point would be the the self-work is is mm-hmm. so rewarding for ourselves, first and foremost. Like you mm-hmm. said, Laura, everything else in our life starts to sort itself out when we do the internal work on ourselves. Right. So yeah, number one tip is work on you and enjoy the process. Don't see it as, oh, I'm just spinning my wheels waiting for this guy to show up or <laughs> right. waiting for this relationship right. to show up. <laughs> right. So right. that's number one. Number two is get informed by listening to podcasts like this. And like I said mm-hmm. earlier, in fact, I just read a book that was fantastic. I think you're-, you're your listeners would really love it. It's called Love Factually by Dr. Duena Welch. And actually, that was my podcast post this Monday.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's exactly like it sounds. It's all the research. She Uh grounds everything in research and it looks at the differences between men and women and how sometimes we think we're approaching the dating scene, assuming that we have the same way of approaching the dating scene as seen as men and women, but we mm-hmm. really don't. And this goes back to caveman days. Some of these, <laughs> these, but the biology of all this yeah. is right. very, very hardwired in us such that we don't mm-hmm. even realize what's going on. And yeah. I would, so I'd encourage people to get informed, look at the research. And again, listen to podcasts, follow people on Instagram that, you know, you can trust what they're sharing mm-hmm. is grounded right. in the research. So that it's not just someone's opinion, you know, cause I know when I was dating and some be like, had this book and this is what worked for me. And then I, I read their bio and they married their high school sweetheart. I'm like, what? You don't, <laughs>
2: you right. don't get what,
1: what I'm going through now at 40, right? Right. So, right. Yeah. And right. then the, the third point would be just to um just to maintain those high standards because mm-hmm. And that's wrapped into, of course, that self-knowledge and self-love. But if we maintain high standards, we can really sidestep. A lot of my heartache was when I was coming at dating from a place of loneliness. And I'd be like, well, I know he doesn't value this and this and this, and I do, but let's just date for a while. Well, okay, fine. I dated for a while. And what happened? Just another heartbreak that if I'd maintained my standards and been, again, true to myself and knowing that I was worth and deserved exactly what i knew i was worth and deserved and as i said earlier what i was willing to give in a relationship as well and we can save ourselves a lot of heartache along the way right yeah very right.
2: True. oh great yeah great
1: that was awesome yeah. thank you so yeah. so much thank
0: for you. um taking the time to come on the podcast and everything and sharing all of your information and knowledge i think our listeners are really gonna enjoy hearing from you so um, yes thank you so much yes you but back. tell us where people can find you
1: yeah, so I'm usually really busy on Instagram first and foremost, and that's at Dr. Karen, and that's dr-.karin. Of course, uh, Love and Life is my podcast, so they can find me there. I post a, a podcast episode every week on Mondays, and loveandlifemedia.com, and it's l o v e a n d l i f e media.com is where I have my blog and all the other things that I do consultations and I answer questions there and so forth. And, um, I'm on Face Facebook a little bit
0: mm-hmm. and a
1: little bit on Twitter, but mostly Instagram. And then my book, single is the new black don't wear white till it's right. I'm really excited to say in about, two, three weeks. I will be launching the audio version. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Some people Mm -hmm. are are not so much readers. They prefer to listen while they're walking the dog or exercising. (laughs) So that's going to be coming out and I'm excited to launch that. And then my next book will be coming out in the fall or the winter. And that will be about calling off my wedding because that's a resource that I don't see a lot. When women Mm -hmm. are engaged or men, and or in a long-term relationship that maybe it's been four or five years and it kind of seems like the next logical step would be marriage but let's really be sure it is in fact the right mm-hmm. fit right. and of course I'm going to hearken back to my experience as a runaway bride so that'll be coming out it's, it's, it's tentatively titled <laughs> I, don't. I don't I like that I like that <laughs> very good well yeah. thank you again <laughs> We're so
0: glad that you joined us today and can't wait to read your book, your new book coming out. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We had a great time with Dr. Karen. Once again, you can buy her book, Single is a New Black, Don't Wear White Till It's Right, and also be on the lookout for her new book coming out in the next couple of months. Uh, You can give her a follow on Instagram at Dr. Karen, and also give a listen to her podcast, Love and Life. We had a great time. We were so thrilled, um, and we would love if you could share this episode as well with a friend and rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, You can also give us a follow. We are on Instagram at The Psyched Framework. And once again, we are offering one-on-one spots um for our one-on-one program uh, if you are interested in working with us directly you can go ahead and book a call with us to see if we would be a good fit to work with you uh, and yeah we are super excited and we will talk to you guys next week